Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from thenextreel.com. We're looking at Jon Favreau's 2008 film Iron Man, and uh, back with me today is Kyle Olson from Legible Scrawl. Hey, Kyle. Hey, I'm the poor man's Pete. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Pete the bum. Yeah. I tell (laughs) you. Well, we are looking at Iron Man Minute 62 on today's show. The minute starts with Tony disappointing dummy yet again, and it ends with the reveal of the Mark II suit. Yeah, this is a good minute. (laughs) This is juicy. Yeah. (laughs) It's juicy. This is great. We do. But before we get there, I I just I love this. uh, The beginning of this minute is so funny with him after he kind of successfully lands and he turns to dummy who just kind of looks at him expectantly and then ah, ah, ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> such a great thing because you think after this it's like his first flight he's in the feeling really good about himself and you think it's going to be this big you know arms akimbo heroic pose but no <laughs> don't you spray me with that and uh, and in uh, listening to the uh, like we talked about yesterday, there's no official commentary track, but they did record uh, a commentary um, at the American Cinematique uh, at one point. Just a recording, and I and I found a recording of that. Um, that was an improv thing with Robert. Like he just came up with that, and so uh, he just had that moment with the thing, saying like, "Don't spray me." So later, and so as John was watching this and off camera laughing, he's like making notes to himself, oh, we got to pay that off later. <laughs> yeah. So like basically yes. he built the joke right here. And so like eventually we'll see the punchline of that in a couple of minutes. But uh, it was, this was all just Robert being Robert. Uh, like and and he time. does that a lot. And mm-hmm. I think it's very easy and natural for him when he's dealing with dummy and you yeah. and he's dealing with these inanimate objects. Uh, just, I mean, even in the last minute, uh, how he's talking to the camera and, and just, he's got these just great little lines that, I mean, they don't amount to much, but even last time, like could be worse, could be worse. We're yeah. fine. <laughs> you know, and, and, and here with that little bit and then the, yeah, yeah I, can fly, I can fly, you know, just like that, <laughs> that fantastic, uh, cocky, uh, you know, swagger that he's got as he says that. And as we've said, this is something that John Favreau is just proven himself to be just, I think an expert at is, is his transitions. And I, you know, Steve, uh, Stanley Kubrick actually said that transitions are one of the most important things for a good filmmaker um, to tell a successful story, because that's how you're transitioning from shot to shot and from scene to scene and from sequence to sequence. And, this has been just nonstop, just very smart ways. And it's obviously not a Stanley Kubrick film, but still you're transitioning from scene to scene in such fluid ways that it it just it propels the the story forward um, in, in just a way that is exciting and invigorating. And he goes from, yeah, I can fly to you watch all of the armor of the Mark II suit getting put on. Yeah, the design the mask. Yeah. Uh, yes, the mask and the uh, heads-up display that we finally get to see. It's it's just amazing stuff to watch in this minute. That is interesting to me because um, this is something that uh, Matt Fraction, uh, at the, it was one of my favorite comic writers, he was writing the comic book uh, of Iron Man at the time. They relaunched it, you know, so the movie The Invincible Iron Man. Uh, he had a great run on it, too. Um, but one of the things in an interview he said, and I tried to track down the exact quote, and I, and I couldn't because it was actually in a, in a podcast interview that uh, he'd done so many, I, I couldn't try down the exact one. But his, his basic uh, premise was, you know, we've been writing Iron Man comics for 30-some-odd years, and it took John Favreau to figure out the helmet. 
<laughs> like, you know, all the, all these years, all these writers, all these designers, all these fantastic artists, and no one thought of the heads up display until Favreau and his team came along and went, Oh, that's how you do it. Like, right. <laughs> then you can show him without having to do the, like the Raimi Spider-Man constantly having to pull the mask off. Exactly. This way you see the Iron Man face and you see Tony's face and you, you can just cut back and forth. We see him and everybody gets it. It's and it's so smart. And it's actually there is a fantastic article um, that I'll have to post in the in the show notes that um, interviews uh, six of the guys who who worked on the heads up display, mm. just kind of creating all this. It's it's a, in the VFX blog dot com. Mm. And they they go through this. It's it's this history of how they came up with it. You know, the confusion that people that they thought people would have with it and and how they had to try to explain it and everything. And they would do these tests and, and, and people got it so quickly yeah. and it was great because they realized, Oh, we don't have, like they had an entire scene that, um, that they were initially doing with tests to see if uh, people would understand it because <laughs> they, they, it was like an ex- explanatory scene where Jarvis and Tony would walk through and, and and Jarvis was explaining, well, this is this and this is that. And the audience, the, the people were just like, we get it, you know, need all this. And so it just, it, they never ended up going any further with that, which was super smart. But uh, John Nelson, uh, the visual mm-hmm. effects supervisor, Wesley Sewell, who is the additional visual effects supervisor, uh, Kent Secchi, who is visualization and the HUD effects supervisor at Pixel Liberation Front, um That's a Jonathan name. right isn't it uh Jonathan Rothbart the visual effects supervisor at the orphanage mm-hmm. and da- uh Dav Rauch the uh HUD design supervisor at the orphanage and Kyle McCulloch the compositing supervisor oh. o- over at the orphanage and reading how these guys kind of figured it out and what uh what to put in it and uh how to kind of make it unfold it, it's it's an amazing story and uh and uh john came up with these these three things that um that the hud the huds need to do they yeah. need to be driven by robert's performance it's all about his face mm-hmm. and and anything that he's doing is is kind of guiding them um they need to access the z access space um mm so that you could make it feel like it's bigger in there than, yeah. uh, than it is just yeah, it because creates really, that depth. if you look at it there's no way oh yeah <laughs> it's, it's all you're basically in his eyes yeah. it's really what you're seeing yeah and then the third thing is that there has to be an alpha event happening in each of the shots and that's the story point Ooh. that is the main thing that you're probably going to be focusing on so if he says you know track uh you know sh- uh, start tracking the atc and and flights you're going to see something about the traffic control and the flights all popping up on the screen that would be the alpha alpha event in that particular shot and that'll be a really interesting thing to kind of continue discussing over Mm -hmm. the course of the rest of the film to really see kind of start pinpointing okay what's the alpha event happening in this hut yeah and really start paying attention to that and when you when you know that it becomes really interesting because you can start seeing these different elements that are within it and see, uh, you know, what it is they're trying to do and things that I've never noticed before because there's so much information in there. Oh, God, Holy yeah. Cow. And that was one of, the, one of his mandates, too, is that everything had to have a function. So every little yes. piece you see, like you're, like you're talking about, every little piece had to have an actual thing. It's an altimeter. It's a temperature gauge, like all those things. It, you can't, he didn't want to have anything noisy that's just there to spark and, and, and twist and all these things. He, everything had to have a function. Yeah. 
And that being said, what's interesting is we're looking at the Mark II right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a few weeks before we really can start talking about the HUD and the Mark III. Right. Um, but it's it's interesting to see even there how they decided to evolve what Tony was going to have in the Mark II and what he would change once he gets to the Mark III. Which, I mean, that's something I probably never paid attention to before. No, and, and just because just it goes by so fast. And usually when you're watching that, you're watching Robert. Like, you want to see what's on his face. But they yeah, do some great yeah. gags in that. I remember one of my favorite things is in um, Avengers Age of Ultron, when he goes like he's when he goes into the Hulkbuster armor, it's a suit in a suit, and you see the entire HUD like slide back as a new one sort of drops in in front of it. So the idea like that he's going that much more, this is the extra data he needs. So he's got like (laughs) now four layers of data in front of him because of this gigantic thing that he's now piloting. Yeah, they have a lot of fun with that. It'd be interesting to like actually go through and does that article talk about like uh, this, you know, what, what individual pieces are? It, uh, it does actually. And uh, there is a really interesting, um, uh, there's a couple links that I mean they're on YouTube. They're living out there, um, so we'll definitely make sure they're in the in the uh, in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a breakdown. They do a breakdown of his uh, of his first flight. And um, I, let's see, do are we going to see this full one in here? I, uh, make sure I don't think we not... get that far because I think he's. I think it ends with him just uh, looking out. Yeah, yeah. So th- we'll save that for the next yeah. minute mm-hmm. um, because it it does go through. Um, like all the different elements that you see in that particular thing, it like analyzes and says, this is this, and this is this. So we'll talk about that in the next one. Yeah. Those ILM guys, they're known for hiding stuff <laughs> on yeah, the edges. They're the guys who put a shoe in uh, one of the battles in star Wars. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a, it, a fantastic bit of technology, but it's not just about the HUD in this particular mm-hmm, yeah. uh, moment. I mean, this is really the minute where you get to see, um, well, you get to see a lot more of the Iron Man suit than we have. We've seen the Mark One, which is the rough, uh, cave-made version. Mm-hmm. Now you're getting the Mark Two, which is is still in kind of. I guess you could say it's the testing phase. You can still see the rivets. There's yeah. no. It's not painted. It's just. It's kind of that. that Bondo gray. Yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> it's a Bondo gray. The Bondo gray suit. <laughs> Uh, that's fantastic. I want to see the color coded uh, closet that he has yeah, for all right. the different ones. <laughs> but it's yeah. it's but you get uh, a fantastic moment after he kind of tests his HUD, where he um he you start you come around the backside as he starts testing mm-hmm. uh, testing his his um, flaps and everything, and he he says, "Do a check on the control surfaces." And then you you come outside of the suit and you start watching as all the different flaps starting yeah. down by his feet just start moving and shifting. And his whole suit of armor is basically uh, getting tested here. It's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. This is one of the great moments of the thing, too, where you it's it's the big reveal because we all know it's coming. We've seen the blocky one, everything. And then just taking the time to just like all right i'm going to show you a thousand moving parts of this thing before i give you the big reveal and it's great to see like how it works because it's it's like a transformer where you're like i don't know how these pieces fit in uh but you know right at the beginning of it uh you see him in his uh his boots that he's been testing Mm -hmm. and you see like these this uh you know mechanical arms swing down and clamp on the exterior leg pieces and Mm -hmm. then you see a you know you see him you see his hand as he's 
he's uh, kind of with an electric drill. He's yeah. kind of screwing on a little elbow piece or something there. <laughs> yeah, literally I like screwing that, himself into the armor. Right. And I like that even that you've got, it's a Stark Industries branded <laughs> oh, uh, well, drill. Well, of course. You see, of course. <laughs> he gets them in bulk at discount. And then, and this is the only time you get to see the inside of the mask, which mm-hmm. is so cool as he's, as you get the POV as he's bringing it up to your face. And it's, it's like an inverted Darth Vader. Yeah. Is what it oh, looks that's like. true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're right. Cause we, we don't usually get to see that, that faceplate with all of the, the, probably the diodes or whatever it is that he's, that's using to project the impressions either, either into his eyes or, you know, in front of him. Right. Uh, just yeah. for, like, cause usually when, Later on in other future movies, when he pops it off, it's usually just a piece of metal. Right. Or it just, yeah, it flips up and you don't really yeah. get to actually see what's on the underside. Yeah. Of it. So we just get a couple of seconds to see that, that little, those couple little pieces around the yeah, eyes and stuff, what they are. And you see like the little, the little silver mouth, like the, with the holes where, mm-hmm. it, you know, provides the oxygen for him while he's in it. It's it's a really cool look, and then of course the eyes light up. Yeah, they kind of flash and come to life, and that's when you know you're in it. And uh, yeah, there's a couple it's, of great POV shots in in Iron Man too, where you get to see like what is it like to be Iron Man. Like there in the cave, there was a, a big one. We get a big one here, and then right. in, in a in a couple of minutes here, we'll get another really really important one. It becomes very big, actually, in Iron Man. You end up mm-hmm. seeing quite a few uh, POVs because, especially once um, once he's in the suit, you mm-hmm. get quite a number of POVs because generally it's the HUD view, it's the HUD POV that you're looking at. And in this particular case, you're getting that great POV after he puts it on and it comes to life as it's like scanning his workshop, and you see like it lighting up like each of the different items around his workshop and it's almost like it's yeah. identifying everything and then yeah. you get the little extra detailed inf- information about each of his cars as it's going down the line and scanning them and i love the detail how it scans the the mirror of the saline s7 and then down to the engine and then it pulls up you can see when it cuts back to him there's a little you can see the little saline s7 information on the screen in front of him like yeah. it's just grabbing all this stuff for him uh, and it's not uh, like he's looking at it all but it's there in case he wants to look at it right yeah it's just giving him more information on the way it's or it's, it's processing it filing it away in case later on he, he needs or something yeah yeah that's what i love i people a big thing right now is is the virtuality stuff but i am over virtuality i have no interest in virtual reality at all augmented reality now that's awesome and that's exactly what this is ar i think is really cool the the adding on of information like to you know this is like what google glass wanted to do and what they're doing with hololens which is so amazing um it's this kind of stuff where you can it scans the world around you and gives you relevant information or can put stuff in front of you that nobody else has to see yeah it's uh, yeah i think that's one of the coolest things that I, uh, the iron man armor is is that like and it's obviously that's jarvis <laughs> jarvis doing his little bits in the background well it's and it's interesting because we were talking about how jarvis kind of disappeared for a while from the uh, from the construction and the testing he was there at the very beginning when when uh, tony wanted to get started but um, then all of a sudden it was just the dummy and you helping him, which yeah. was kind of strange. It's like it seems like Jarvis should be here. <laughs> but I think they smartly left Jarvis out of that in order to bring him in for this because Jarvis is such a key component, such a living component of everything that's going on within the suit. Yeah. And I think they wanted to show it was Tony that built the armor. 
Like they don't want to yeah. get into any type of Terminator things where like there's a there's a Skynet thing that <laughs> had, that Jarvis had anything to do with that. You know, we'll get to see killer robots in a couple of movies. <laughs> we'll but see how wait a few now, years for that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for now, it's just about a guy building the suit, and then he has this uh, AI that will help him, uh, you know, run it. And even like uh, John Favreau when he was talking to this uh, this team who was designing it and building it, um, they talked about how. Uh, it was very much a uh, a part of this character and this whole idea that Jarvis was really kind of there in the suit and a part of the suit and a character by being that way uh, was very important. And so that's why it was so important for them and for him to make sure that they found a right way to represent the HUD and and by extension Jarvis. Have you talked at all about John's John Favreau's first meeting with ILM? I don't think so. So uh, there's one of those like uh, apocryphal stories that I, I, I he, he's sort of told it a couple of times. So I believe this is what happened. But his first meeting, he walked into Industrial Light and Magic, like the Star Wars wizards, uh, and sat down and, and sort of dropped the script down and, and, and said, I hate CGI. I just want you guys to know that. And it was like this, <laughs> whoa. And so he basically was saying, I don't want to, like all your computer nonsense, like I don't want that. Like I want to build real stuff. Like because kind of what he did on Zathura, you can see he did as much practical as he did. And that's what he wanted to do with Iron Man. But they sort of, in this conversation as it went on, they like, no, no, he hates bad CGI. So he's thinking of, uh, I don't even want to call out movies, but <laughs> he's thinking of, of these other things that have been there, like, like, no, no, that's not what we do. And so over the course, they had this conversation about like the fusing of the two. And so there are, that's one of the things that, that later on they'll get away from, but there are real Iron Man suits of armor. Like this, I mean, this thing that we see in this minute is mostly CGI, but there are, like real suits that they actually built to walk around. If you see the extras on the uh, the DVD or on iTunes, right. um, you can see them walking around in the suit. They had full suits they would do. Uh, by this point, you know, and as we get to Infinity War, they're gone, man. Like <laughs> if he gets a helmet, that's pretty much all Robert has anymore uh, when yeah, he's shooting right, on the set. Right. But at this point, they're still there, and and so they're they were in this this transitional thing of like, okay, we're going to have some practical and some CG. Now, I think there was a suit, but every moving part, I believe, is CG. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I haven't seen for sure, but I know um, I know there's a lot of uh, of the Mark One suit that mm-hmm. was real. Um, the Mark yes. II, I mean, I know they do have it. I know they have some elements of it walking around and everything, but I mean, largely there's, there's so much work to go into that to really get it to do what it needs to do. I mean, it just ended up being CG, but yeah, when we're watching all of this stuff as the, uh, as, as the pieces are getting put in place and everything, I mean, it's, uh, it's largely a kind of a CG, uh, frame around everything that's happening here. Yeah. But still, even after 10 years, it looks great. It really does. I mean, and there's movies that came out in the last two or three years that don't look as good as this does. It fits into this world so well. Yeah. And I again, but I think a lot of that is the pairing of finding the right way to blend the CG and what's really there. Yep. And I don't know for sure, but my hunch is when we're looking at the uh, kind of the the money shots coming around the Mark II as we're watching all the parts move and flex, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that is a person standing there in a Mark II suit mm-hmm. and um, all of the moving parts, as you said, are kind of the CG elements, but largely what we're looking at is pretty much there. Yeah. 
and it's just a beautiful shot. It's just a beautiful shot. You get shot, around to yeah. the end of this minute and you finally get, really, you get that face and it kind of comes right at you and you're like, oh, that's it. That's the Iron Man face I've been waiting to look yeah. at. Yeah. I think with uh, any of the, yeah, it's it, right at it, like the, the minute ends just as we're getting up to the, the face. Um, uh, the, if any montages of like the best moments of Marvel, like this is always in them. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's a fantastic moment. Both both the HUD mm-hmm. and the kind of the suit flexing and kind of the reveal of of the whole thing. Have you uh, have you talked about uh, Tom Morello at all? We did. Okay. Yes. So yeah. obviously, then then when this is going through, that's the 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 amazing guitar lick. That's Tom Morello like rocking it out as the playing the sort of the Iron Man theme. That's not the '60s Iron Man theme, which we've heard numerous times. <laughs> right. Like this, right. you know, that's him rocking dun, out on the guitar. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. That's, I didn't know. I, I knew that he uh, contributed to the score, but I didn't know uh, which which guitar licks were his. Yeah. So it's good to know. Yeah. And it's it's great hearing uh, hearing this theme here. Like this is the uh, 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 driving with the top down mm-hmm. track, and it's just it's so perfect. It works so well in sync with what we're looking at, and just the character. Everything about it just is is uh, really just right on point. Oh yeah, it's that oh yeah moment as you're watching. <laughs> like now you know it's serious business. The uh, you know it's funny about these uh, these huds. Uh, this is kind of the place where it really kicked off. It turned into something that became a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of other movies started adapting it for their own purposes. Movies, TV shows, stories of different sorts. And it's it's so popular that now, if you want to make your own HUDs, there are all sorts of tutorials online so you can go create oh. your own. Oh, wow. It's, <laughs> it's become such a thing. <laughs> and it's amazing that uh, this is kind of where it all kicked off. And it's done so well, right out of the gate. And it's funny listening to these guys or reading these guys as they're talking about their experience. They were really flying by the seat of their pants with it because they were. it's one of those things where you're figuring it out as you go along. But, uh, but they ended up making it work. And it's just, it's like... 25 seconds of off- awesomeness. <laughs> yeah, that was probably like six months of their life of like <laughs> staring at Robert's <laughs> face and uh, hanging things in front of it and, and uh, whatever program they were using at the time. Right, right. Maya? I don't know. I'm trying to think about what in 2008, what were they been using? I don't know. Yeah, right. I, well, they were using um, uh, Nuke was a big program oh, okay. that they were using. And, uh, and uh, interestingly, I think they did a lot of it in After Effects still. Oh, okay. Uh, just to kind of create the different pieces and everything. But Nuke, and I'm not familiar with what Nuke is, but it is a, uh, they were using it. I, it's something with like creating the 3D world, the 3D space. Like they would take um, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s face and mm-hmm. they would like make it into a face and they would add like digital eyeballs into it <laughs> based on his eyeballs. So they knew where it was looking and they could oh, project okay. the distance and everything and they could piece everything with that. It's, it's insane like watching these behind the scenes things for it it's uh, it's really really cool it takes a special kind of madness like god bless the cg guys the unsung heroes exactly the only other thing i was going to say about this before um uh, we can talk a lot more about um, more specifics with it within the hud tomorrow but um the the john nelson the image that initially struck him as inspiration for this was from 2001 a space odyssey oh okay yeah we're like that where the images are sort of like playing on his face yeah it's when yeah. dave is uh-huh. uh in it's in that slit scan sequence toward the end and you have all those lights flashing around him and you just see all the lights reflecting on his helmet 
it became kind of inspiration for what you could kind of seeing things going on around him. And uh, and Minority Report was mm-hmm. another uh, a thing that had some inspiration with just the way that some of the effects were working there. But uh, but I think largely that 2001, um, it makes a lot of sense to me. I can totally see that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good pull. Yeah. Well, I don't have anything else for this minute, um, uh, but I, I feel like we can just kind of keep going. But uh, we should uh, save some of it for <laughs> yeah, tomorrow exactly, because we're gonna, we got some, yeah. we got a big, uh, <laughs> we got some big stuff coming in the next one. So, um, so well, well, Kyle, would you like to uh, tell everybody where they can find you again? Oh, sure. Uh, am I? Uh, uh, most creative stuff is that I'm a writer. Uh, I have a podcast that we do. It's a uh, fiction anthology podcast. Um, it's called The Monday Matinee. Uh, you can uh, find us uh, through my other side. We Legible Scrawl is sort of when we do our fan stuff. Uh, and then Ox and Hair is sort of where we do our, our independent creative stuff, our original content. So if you want to find on Twitter or Facebook or anything, you can find us through at Ox and Hair. Uh, and then or using your podcasters to find Monday Matinee if you Though I'm I'm much more well spoken when I'm writing someone else's dialogue. <laughs> Isn't that how it always is? Though? Yeah, I, I, I can <laughs> I can take it multiple times. You know, right, right. Well, everybody, that is it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the show for free at marvelmovieminute.com. Join us over in our Discord chat room and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Next Reel. And if you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at patreon.com slash the next reel. Until next time, true believers. Bye.